If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and key stage one education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. The lead up to a new school year can be the perfect time to reflect on your practice. So have a listen to this episode of the Early Excellence Podcast, all about planning effective weekly enhancements in the early years and also avoiding the dreaded enhancement overload. Okay, so um, so I'm joined by Luella. Hello, Luella. How are you? Hi, Andy. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to record an episode really as a follow up to um, the podcast episode that we put out just before Christmas, which was all about tough spot trays. And the reason that I want to, I think it's important that we record a follow up to it is that it it gained lots of traction on social media. Lots of conversations started as a result of the podcast chat that we had all about tough spot trays, which is great. It's always good when people get in touch on social media and get that conversation going. And um, what was really interesting was that one of the points that somebody made was that it's not just about tough spot trays, that we kind of had sort of highlighted this issue of, of um, that tough spot trays end up being a focus for um changing enhancements or changing activities each week which I think is very much true but it was it was mentioned on on Twitter that um, it's not just tough spot trays that whilst that is an issue actually it's more about an issue of practice not just about the tray itself which is which I completely take on board it's not just about the hexagonal tray uh, at the end of the day that's just a hexagonal tray so what we're going to do is we're recording a follow-up to it and we're going to look in depth at practice relating to enhancements or changes to your planning each week um, in order that really we go beyond that idea of of ending up with with too much happening sometimes too many things get changed we would say too many things get changed each week really so we're aiming to really set out our stall here and and to look really at and actually what underpins the practice then if we're not going to have too many enhancements going on each week all right so Luella is going to start us off you're going to kick us off aren't you Luella with a look at planning because that's the first thing we need to think about is that that structure that overview of planning really okay so over to you Luella thanks Andy I think yeah I think you're absolutely right I think it's really clear isn't it that the kind of idea of over enhancing if that's kind of a term we're going to use um I think that often happens when we're not sure about the process for planning and what that looks like and what planning with the children in mind feels like um because i think i think certainly now as well i know we've spoken about this before on one of the other podcasts andy um but we talked about the idea of often you know there are so many schemes of work and things and so many different parts of the day we feel we have to squash in to our kind of curriculum and through our kind of daily timetable um i think we often become a little lost sometimes with what actually do we need to be planning for um you know and what does that look like in terms of the structure of planning and if we're not careful i know like you just said really we end up 
with lots of enhancements everywhere and um, in tough spot trays, not just on tough, tough spot trays, but every bit, everywhere really across the provision. And I suppose we have to query why they're there and how long it's taking us to do that as well. And obviously the benefits for the children, if there are any. So I think it's important that we reflect on that planning process. Um, and I think it's going back to really stripping back your planning process and thinking about what do you actually need to be planning for? What's what's the kind of crucial parts? Um, and of course, you know, continuous provision has to be at the heart of that, I think. Um, it's at the heart of everything we do. It's where the children spend most of their day in the early years, certainly, um, and in many key stage one classrooms. And I think we've got to spend time getting that right and really ensuring that we are planning a really high quality curriculum that sits within our continuous provision so that the continuous provision offers a really um, good, strong um, kind of space for children to learn within. And that's that's from the layout of that provision through to the way we organise the resources in the provision through to the strength of the resources themselves and what they offer. So I think we firstly have to look at our continuous provision and really make sure that we've got it right. Because if we haven't spent the time really thinking on a granular level about all of those resources that we've got out in, say, our water area or, say, in our small world area, if we've not got really granular with that and really thought about how it links to child development and the rate at which children learn, and how it links to the curriculum and what you intend for children to learn while they're there with you, I think we become a little lost. And I think we end up with provision that doesn't necessarily reflect the needs of, of the children. And it might just be, you know, well, I've got these things out in my construction area because that's all that, that that's left in the cupboard, perhaps. Um, and I think we've all we've all seen that kind of provision. And that's often, you know, doesn't come from a place of, um, you know, people not not caring about that provision. But it often comes from a place of lack of time um, and lack of opportunity to plan. So I think we've got to start with our continuous provision. We've got to get it right and really think carefully, because if we get it right, then our enhancements are really meaningful and they're really strong because actually we're not having to enhance every area every week because we know that if the children are off in the continuous provision, you know, it's very well planned through. So we know they're going to be getting some learning in that space, um, at kind of a very rudimentary level, perhaps. But they, that, that's what they're doing, aren't they? They're, they're learning in that space. Yeah, absolutely. It's a change of focus, isn't it? You know, rather than spending lots of time each week doing planning, coming up with ideas or planning for lots of short term learning, it's a focus really on actually what learning can take place every single day that those children are in that is planned for from the very beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, right the way through. So it, so, so it's thinking about what's going to be available continuously as that continuous provision. And it is interesting because I often find that when when we talk about planning, I think there is there is a kind of an assumption that planning is the short term planning. Yeah. And, a, and probably often more value put on short term planning than than planning that is for something that is more long term, the continuous provision plan. 
And yet, actually, that doesn't make any sense. You know, why would it? Why should it be that we have in, it, it, that it's sometimes acceptable in a school or setting to have a plan for what's happening this week, but to not have a plan for what's happening every day of the year? For so what's in place every day of the year. And that doesn't make any sense. And so I, I, I agree completely. I think there needs to be a change, a kind of a change of tack, really, where we think about the detail that, as you said, the granular detail of actually what's always there in the room, because actually that is crucial. If it's going to be earning its place every single day of the year, then we've got to know that. We've got to make it earn its place. We've got to plan it out carefully. We've got to really think about it. And... Interestingly, it's it's within that context that the adult role emerges, isn't it? Absolutely. That within within the continuous provision, within that continuous provision environment that, as you say, needs to be really carefully planned for. If it's working well, if we've planned it carefully, then the adults will be able to engage with the children alongside the things, the experiences that we know they're going to be having that we know are carefully planned for, that we know what the possibilities are. Now, in terms of the adult role, of course, that role is crucial. It's crucial in developing language, vocabulary, um, speech and communication skills, all of those different things. But my concern is that within a practice that focuses on lots of short-term changes, the changes become a distraction to the adults that we end up with the adults spending longer at the beginning of a week explaining what I've put in that's new this week rather than think rather than the adults freeing themselves up to be able to properly engage with the children around what those children do in those spaces what they know they're going to go and do and that to me is is not a great use of time if we're spending a lot of time planning lots of short-term things then it doesn't really help the adults to focus in on actually what's the most important thing I can do for these children. So it's not very time effective, I think, and it's not great in terms of focusing our adults. And I would say not great for the children. Um, you know, would you agree on that? Is that the children in terms of what you see in terms of the children doing or, in, or what they're engaged in? Yeah, I think is key, isn't it? It is. And I think I think you're absolutely right in the sense that we spend all this time setting things up. And I think that's the phrase, isn't it? It's it's all around setting things up. Um and you often hear you often hear um teachers that, that we talk with often say, you know, it's taken me ages to set things up. Um and really we know for children to get the very most out of their, their time in the provision. It won't come from things that we've set up because actually what we're doing there is we're, we're kind of limiting their, their, what, they, what they can access. Um, firstly, they don't know what's available to them. They only know what's in front of them, you know, what might be in the tough tray or on the table or in the outdoor space. Um, and if we've not got robust continuous provision, they won't know how to link those things together. They won't know how to use those enhancements alongside the provision. And I think what we end up getting then is we end up having lots of kind of tables or lots of areas in the classroom that have um, adult set up enhancements that have taken adults a really long time to do as well. Really time consuming, like you said, Andy. Um, and we end up with lots of coverage, 
lots of coverage, but not a lot of depth. And I think we, you know, we know that continuous provision supports depth and mastery in learning because children get opportunities to return to the same materials and resources and they begin to get really skilled at using them. So they start to know how to use a hole punch in different ways to create different things. They start to learn how to join cardboard together in different ways in the workshop area, perhaps. Um, But if we don't have that continuous provision available, instead, if once a week we're setting up an activity in the workshop and paint area, you know, it might be, I don't know, um, making kind of Christmas cards, perhaps, pop-up Christmas cards, if that's all you can do in that area, then one, it's really time consuming for the adults, but two, for the children, it's really limiting um, what they're able to explore and learn from. And it's not allowing them to develop that depth in learning. You know, if they're really interested in joining things together, actually making a Christmas card, yeah, there might be an element of joining there, but it's not going to allow them to really explore in depth that learning that they're really interested in or that kind of line of inquiry that, that they've been following in that continuous provision time. So I think we have to be really careful that we're not setting up too many challenges for children. We're not setting up adult led activities that we want children to do independently, because, again, I I know you'll have probably seen this in practice as well, Andy. Um, You end up with children that go to those activities, look at what's there. They maybe do something for, for a few minutes and then they're off because they're either not engaged or not interested. Um, or it might be that that activity provides a challenge that they don't understand as well. Often things are set up for children and they don't know what to do with those things. Um and, you know, just by providing a, a kind of a little sign in the in the tough tray or on the table that says, can you finish this pattern or can you do this? Um, they can't read it <laughs> often. Um, they often can't read it. Um, but also it leads to children who are a little bit turned off the learning, I think. Is that is that how you feel? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there is. I think the problem with often enhancing lots of areas each week is that, well, there are a number of, of issues with it. I think partly we've, what we've talked about is that ad, in terms of adults, it's an awful lot of time doing that. You know, you're spending a lot of time having to do it. But secondly, I think in terms of the children, you get, I think, quite often a process where, um, well, you, you get sort of diminishing returns for the amount of work you're putting in. So quite commonly at the start of a school year, you'll start with lots of enhancements, lots of additions. And the the room is new to the children and they see these new things coming into it and and everything is new. Everything's interesting. Everything is, is exciting. But if those new things then change to something else, that might not be quite as interesting. Okay, you might still get a good level of interest there, and you think, actually, yeah, this is great. This is working really well. And it can lull us into a kind of a false sense of security that this is the way to do it. And I think we end up in week seven or eight or or nine or ten or eleven of a, of a term. And you think, crikey, actually, I'm still changing things over. And now because we've changed things over eleven times, actually, it's now not working because the children, are, there's so many changes that have happened that the children can't keep track of it. 
and they don't know what the room's going to be like when they keep coming back to it. It keeps changing. So I, I think that's something we've got to watch out for is that that process of diminishing returns. How we justify something at the beginning of a year or in the first two weeks of a term sometimes means that we've kept going with it because it felt that, like it was justified. It seemed to generate some interest and excitement. So we've kept going. But I always think it's important to return to it because it, it's not always the case later on in the year. I think as well, Andy, you know, you made a really good point where you said about for the children, it's got to feel like a space where they, you know, where they know where everything is and they know what to do with those things. And if we keep changing things, we've got to think about the knock-on effect to their well-being as well and their yes. their kind of safety and security within that space. Um, it's kind of a, a two-pronged thing, really, isn't it? You know, them feeling safe because they know what's there, they know how to access the resources, and it's, it's kind of a sense of comfort for children as well. Um but also for your children that that struggle with change, it will be even more important that we're not over enhancing and that actually we're providing a space that for children who do find it difficult to perhaps regulate um, their behaviour, their emotions, um, for children who struggle with um, a change in the physical environment as well, um, that will be really difficult for them to manage. And I think many three and four year olds find that hard anyway. Um, we know children from from a very young age find change hard. Um, so I think, and, and we find it hard as adults. So I think we've got to really think about how is our classroom providing a, a kind of safe space? Wellbeing's high on the agenda, rightly so. Um, are we ensuring that children have a space that they feel that they can kind of have a plan, carry it out, they know what to do, they feel safe doing that? Does, does that environment reflect that? And, and does it reflect the characteristics of effective learning? Because, again, we know that that's how children learn best. And if that's how children learn best, then we've got to ensure that, that our environment is set up to support those characteristics of effective learning. Um, and I think by over enhancing or enhancing areas, you know, every single week, like you said, having 11 enhancements in a week, um, we've got to question whether whether that supports those characteristics of effective learning. Are children getting opportunities to play and explore with new things? Perhaps, maybe. But are they having opportunities to go down their own lines of inquiry, think really hard about things, make links between prior learning or um, previous skill development and what they're, they're now doing? That might be a bit more questionable, I, I would have thought. Um, so we've got to think about those characteristics of effective learning, I think, and how, how that links in with continuous provision, because the two things go hand in hand, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And and it's it's not to say that you shouldn't be planning in the short term at all. No. You know, by by any stretch, you know, we're not saying that, are we? But what we're saying really is that, that the amount of time that we put into that number of enhancements, if we're going to put in that much time, you've got to be 100% sure that it's effective. And absolutely. I certainly question it. I'm not convinced for all of the reasons that we've talked about, really. Yeah. Um, so we would recommend that you that you have continuous provision in place and it's well planned for definitely we're not just saying well that's where it stops by any stretch we're not just saying well you've got your continuous provision in place and you do nothing else of course not you know you can use your continuous provision as a teaching tool 
So you could, in your short-term planning, you could say, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach a skill within my workshop area. You know, you mentioned the workshop area earlier on. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I've got an adult working in, in the workshop area alongside the children, and we're going to show them a particular skill of joining paper and card together or joining two different shaped containers together. We're going to show them how we go about doing that and how the, what skills we need to be able to do that in order that actually they can use those skills when they use that area. So some of the teaching is about teaching them how to get the most out of an area of provision. And that's a skill that isn't just taught one week and then forgotten about and we've moved on to a different thing, as it might be if it was an enhancement. This is a skill that we're teaching that is meaningful to the children because this area is staying the same. So you need to have this skill in order to come back to this, in order to do those things that you have that you want to carry out, in order to 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 be successful with the ideas that you have. And so it, those are meaningful and transferable skills that I think are really key to the children. So should there be changes to that environment? Small changes, yes, but not major changes for the reasons that we've given. So both in terms of adult time and in terms of continuity for the children, we don't need lots of changes. But two or three changes, perhaps, each week, that's plenty. It's absolutely plenty. And it, so if you don't enhance an area, it's not a problem. You've already thought through the detail of what's going to be in that area anyway. So you don't need to feel that actually my planning is missing, we've actually, we've, we've changed the focus in a way. We've put more time in at that foundation of what's always available to plan that out rather than to have to think more in terms of the short term. So you mustn't panic, you know, if you're a teacher or a practitioner and you think, well, crikey, where's my planning then? You put it in place as a foundation and it's, so it's there. Once it's there, two or three areas a week, that's plenty. And really, those enhancements need to be based on what are you seeing within the provision? What are you seeing the children doing? What interests are emerging? What ideas are emerging? What can you see that they can do? What can you see that they can't do? What skills do you need to be teaching these children to be able to move that learning forward? And so on. So there are a range of different ways that you can enhance an area. You might add a book in, you might add photographs, you might, you might show the children something on your interactive whiteboard, you might add an adult into that area. There are all sorts of different things that you can do as an enhancement. It doesn't have to be a kind of a tabletop activity or something that you've, you've searched for in order to, to add into a space. Okay, does that make sense? Have we covered everything then, Luella? I think that's pretty much everything yeah. we talked about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it, it goes back to that idea of, of child-centred planning, doesn't it? Really yeah. thinking about what the children need and how we can best provide that and not thinking that we have to fill every area every week, but knowing that we've planned our provision well enough, our continuous provision, um, that that will carry the learning forwards for the children, whether you enhance it or not. So there you go, lots to think about there. So did this episode strike a chord with you? I hope it did. I hope it really got you thinking. Do you feel that you do maybe overload the enhancements in your learning environment? Is short-term planning manageable? 
Or do you feel that actually it's really, really hard work? And also, do you really feel that those enhancements that you make, do they really link to the needs of the children? Can you explain actually what each of those enhancements are, what they're there for and how they link to what the children need? If this episode has got you thinking, then you might want to follow this up by accessing some of our other resources. We'll put links in the podcast information so that you can access our courses. And I'll also put links there to other supportive materials as well that I think you'll find useful. Okay, that's about it for this week. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.